Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. Many of our episodes are recorded with a live virtual audience and followed by a question and answer session with our guests. To be part of the next live workshop, you can start your free trial of the Strength in Words Community Lab by heading to community.strengthinwords.com. I am a mother of two young children and a pediatric speech-language pathologist. I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit the website strengthinwords.com. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you'll take just a minute of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a gallet. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children, hello to the grown-ups, hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends, hello to my friends, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I will help you sing the song and you can fill it in, okay? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we are speaking with Julia Wenigrat, a licensed marriage and family therapist and mother of two young children herself. Let's give her a special welcome. Hello to Julia, hello to Julia, hello, 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 hello to all our new friends, hello to all our old friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 56 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I am speaking with Julia Wenigrat, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Julia enjoys providing therapy with a focus on anxiety and excessive worry. Enjoys, right? (laughs) As a therapist, she believes that it is important to create a space where clients can feel safe and explore the changes that they would like to see in their own lives. Her areas of particular expertise are working with the entire family during the therapy process with the understanding that we are all deeply impacted by the people that surround us. Julia is also the mother of two young boys 
and navigates the stresses of parenthood and partnership on a daily basis. So welcome, Julia. We are so happy to have you here. Welcome to Strength in Words. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I asked you to come onto the show today to speak about the ways that we as parents and caregivers can you know, manage the relationships that we have with others during these very sensitive, often overwhelming early years of parenting. So first, let's just hear a little bit about you and what brought you to the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. So I received my degree in marriage and family therapy up in Seattle, Washington. And after I received my degree, I went into private practice with somebody who specialized in anxiety using a more cognitive behavioral model. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a couple of years working from a more anxiety-based approach, working with kids and adults. And then when I moved with my family down here to the Bay Area, I joined a group practice and really started to kind of blend in the experience that I had working from the CBT model and with anxiety into a more kind of family and couple-based approach. And so that kind of blend is what I've been doing professionally moving forward. I really love it. It's super exciting. I'd love to know a little bit about, you know, how your experience as a mother of two young children has changed your practice as a marriage and family therapist, if at all? What, you know, if anything, have you maybe become more sensitive to or more, shall we say, realistic about? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great question. And definitely when I was learning about all the parenting approaches and, and during grad school, everything seemed laid out in a very kind of black and white rule book way. Yeah. And as I became a parent of one child and then two in fairly quick succession, I perhaps qu- quite often would look around me at my house and realize that I was doing the best that I could and that things were all falling apart around me in spite of me doing my absolute best. And so I would say that that how my practice has been impacted is just a continued, very personal realization that we're all doing our best and as lofty as anyone's goals may be about how they want a parent or how they want a day to go or a schedule to go, it doesn't always happen that way. And we just kind of pick up the pieces and, and move on and we're all doing our best. Yeah, it's a sort of a realism. Definitely. And the more kind of traditional behavioral approaches as well, it can be quite rigid. And Mm. um, I just think the reality of day-to-day parenting and living in a family, no matter how old your kids are, are just not quite as rigid as the textbook says. Yeah, I think we probably all feel that way. And and when we when we read, you know, parenting books in general, we feel that way, I think, as well. Uh, what about, I mean, just to get a little personal, it would be wonderful to hear, I think, you know, from myself as a speech-language pathologist, as someone who, you know, works with young kids and has certain lofty ideas about how to raise children, I have to step back when I talk to my own husband about how children learn or grow or or play. And when I have to sort of step back and, you know, manage how I react to my partner. I'm sure that that is something that you uh, experience and encounter as as well, especially as a marriage family therapist. And you're smiling as we talk. So I think that you probably, you, you find that too? Absolutely. I think it's something that we all struggle with. Um, I mean, the thing that I try and keep in mind is... You know, I know what I know about theory, but it's also important to me in my own marriage that whatever we decide to do, that I really want to hear what my husband has to say. Mm -hmm. And 
frankly, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm the expert in anything, so I'm open to any opinions, and quite regularly while parenting, I look at a situation, I'm like, well, I'm not exactly sure what the best thing to do is here, I'll try something and see how it goes, so yeah. I feel like we can kind of come together, yeah. and honestly, I would say the one thing that I'm pretty firm on at this point, and my boys are um, three, almost three and a half in 20 months, so mm-hmm. pretty young, so this could change in future, but at the moment for me, I, I would say the one thing is that my partner and I in the moment are that we kind of back each other up and that we provide consistency to our children about whatever the consequence or the, the good thing, whatever that is, that we uh, luckily my partner and I um, agree on a lot of the big things and some of the little things I just need to, we just kind of let them go around the edges. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that, and I think that delicate balance is something to be found as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. nicely said. All right. Um, let's take just a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. And then we're going to get into a few tips and resources from Julia about how newer parents and caregivers might manage relationships, particularly and primarily with regard to partner relationships and then other primary caregiver relationships during those early infant and toddler years. We were not meant to parent in isolation. The Strength in Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. We are your parenting brain trust, the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. If you're a parent or caregiver with an infant and or toddler, we are both an early parent support and parent education hub. We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of parenthood and strong believers in the notion that co-parenting in a positive, nurturing environment can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-sized-fits-all. To join us in finding joy in the mayhem, take your free trial at community.strengthandwords.com. All right, Julia, let's hear those tips. This is a topic that I know we all struggle with, myself included. What are some of those things that you'd like to suggest for our listeners to, I guess, keep top of mind when we're all struggling with bandwidth, right, is essentially yeah. what it comes down to. Sure, and uh, I don't know if you're, if this is maybe not what you're thinking of, but I, I do think this is the most important thing, which is that, I don't know about everybody else out there, but as I became a parent and then a, and then a parent again, and then started to juggle work and everything, I felt like, mm-hmm. oh my God, there are like so many lists and every, so, so many things I should be doing and this and that and family dinners and taking right. time for myself and self-care and right. all of these things that really, I honestly think the most important thing is whatever you're doing, that it works for you. You're right. here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, you want to co-sleep with your children. If that works for you, co-sleep with your children. If you don't, if that, if you never want your children in your bed, I don't, I just, I don't think that there's a right or a wrong. Yep. Um, so, so that is, I think the number one tip is being able to feel like to say, is this working for me? How I'm approaching my family, whatever, mm-hmm. how, whatever your family looks like. Mm-hmm. And if it's not working, then figuring out how to make some changes and to experiment with it. That I personally think is my number one tip. Yeah. But then in terms of communication, yeah. I think there are some things with communicating. Obviously, uh, being a parent, uh, there's the ever-present kind of sleep deprivation. I'm having to have a, uh, a million people talking to you at once, needing a million different things. 
So some things that I think are helpful, I don't know, something that I always try to remember is kind of assuming similarity with your partner or whoever Mm. else is co-parenting with you. I think that oftentimes in the heat of the moment, it's easy to say, my partner's the worst, or somehow they kind of become the enemy, especially when we're feeling defensive or tired. But it's possible to remember that your partner is similar to you. You're choosing to live your life or to parent with your partner. Um, So that I think can change the course of the conversation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I I think we'd love to hear also just like maybe what that looks like, an example or an anecdote, if you could provide something just so we can see. So like, for instance, like I think oftentimes when we're communicating, especially in conflict, Mm -hmm. if your partner's saying something, and I'm just saying your partner, it could really be anybody. They could be, if you disagree with them and you're feeling defensive, it's easy to just sit sit there and wait and to be kind of gathering your resources purely just to wait for their response. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to sit there and say, okay, so I assume that we're in this together and that my partner shares some real values, and that I think that that's a fundamentally decent human being, um, (laughs) uh, how do I really listen and understand what they're trying to say? Listening and understanding what my partner is trying to say is very different than agreeing, right? I'm not saying you have to agree. Yes. But really, when somebody feels genuinely listened to and understood, Mm -hmm. I think that really lowers the defensiveness all around. And then the conflict can become more like a conversation. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Do you have any tips as far as how can you show someone that you're feeling listened to and understood? I think exactly (laughs) that way. By saying, I feel like you really, you know, I feel like like you really hear me or that you're really understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. And then... From the other person's perspective, I think it can really help to say, hearing what, I mean, these words sound so simple, right? But in conflict, if you think, let, let me go back a step. Mm-hmm. If you think about what happens just physiologically yeah. to your body, yeah. when you start to go into conflict, right? Your heart starts to race, you know, you maybe start to get sweaty, your mind starts to go a million miles an hour, mm-hmm. right? So if you can work on soothing yourself in those moments Mm -hmm. then you can really bring that physiological reaction down to a point where you can start to have a conversation and to say things to your partner like this is what i hear you say am i hearing you correctly nice yeah that's great and sometimes you know sometimes self-soothing in those moments and obviously this is just kind of like the ideal situation like maybe if you're have if you're arguing about like a pot of water boiling or something that need, has like a time sensitive need that's a different situation right right but some of the stuff that i think we as couples like fight about over and over again it, they're the same fight and there's not necessarily a time sensitive aspect mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's possible to slow that down soothe yourselves calm yourselves agree on a time that you can kind of come back and then really work on listening and understanding yeah that's uh that's important thoughts <laughs> And hard to do, of course, right? I mean, when you say it, it sounds, all these things sound so simple, right? But of course, like we are exhausted. We're in that, in the moment, we're in that sort of fight or flight response mode. And it's so hard to remind yourself of those things. 100%. Mm-hmm. What are some yeah. other tips that you've got for us here, Julia? So I think, what have we done so far? Assuming similarity, mm-hmm. really listening and acknowledging the other person's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Working on understanding. So working on self-soothing. We, we focus so much on how to get our infants and toddlers to self-soothe, right? But we have to do it too for ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> and I actually think, this is a little bit of a side, sorry, but nice. I, I think that modeling 
soothing yourself, it can be um, really helpful for your child. Yes. Right? Like, yes. our children don't know how to, what it, how, how to react to their own emotions. And so showing them that you also have emotions and what to do with them or that you're, you know, that you're figuring out what to do with them mm. can be a really helpful learning experience. Huge. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of Strength and Words podcast episodes about sort of that labeling emotion and emotional regulation, how to teach that to, to infants and toddlers. But yeah, it's true. I mean, when we, can, when we can make good practice of that ourselves, we are not only taking care of ourselves, but, but taking better care. I don't want to say better care, but taking care to teach our children and support our children's social and emotional development. Exactly. No one's a finished product, right? No, no family is even finished. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but as soon as I feel like, oh, just kind of everything's all kind of like ticking over, then mm-hmm. something happens and everything falls apart. So yeah. I think. <laughs> exactly. I think it should be said too, like you and I can sit here talking about how these are these are excellent practices, but I know that I and I know that you we are also constantly struggling. We are all constantly struggling with keeping it together, with reminding ourselves to do those things. And I think when you hear from any kind of, you know, this is why I hate the term parenting expert, right. because there's no such thing as a parenting right. expert. There is there is such thing as a professional <laughs> who right. has a lot of information and, and has access to that. And of course, that is the whole idea behind something like the community lab because it's giving ourselves access to the information that we can then figure out how and experiment with how to implement that in our own lives exactly i I think along with it i guess the last thing that i think is useful to keep in mind and this is at a different level for everybody but kind of exploring that value of perfectionism yeah in yourself and what does it mean? What's my new role as a mother? What are my expectations of, of myself to have children who are always happy and perfectly dressed? And, or, you know, how do I judge myself when I feel like I fail? I think there's a lot of this kind of persona, right, of like the Pinterest mom and what it means to be the perfect mother out there mm-hmm. and challenging our own preconceptions of motherhood um, mm-hmm. and kind of coming to terms with good days and bad days and kind of loving ourselves through it is yeah. probably like another another survival strategy <laughs> do you have any tips for that i mean i think just talking about it like yeah. we're doing talking about it and for me the thing that has really worked honestly is to be really humble about it you know you talked yeah. about this idea of no such thing as expert and i i do think that you know having two kids has been a very humbling experience in very many ways but yeah. part of that <laughs> humbling has been Okay, so what did I think I could accomplish? Yeah. And what am I actually accomplishing? And I could be really frustrated with myself because I'm not accomplishing what I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Or I can just appreciate the things that I did get done today. <laughs> you know, it's all a matter of perspective, I think. That's I it. I with you about it. And yeah. Low expectations is a key to happiness, right? <laughs> I think the way that you just explained it was like, wow, yeah, that's so true. And then when you say it in a different way, as in, well, just lower your expectations. It doesn't sound quite as loving and lovely, but it's true. I mean, we cannot expect our lives to look curated like an Instagram feed or a Pinterest board. It just does not, you know, I think we can't do it. Right. <laughs> right. That's great, Julia. Do you have any other specific tips for us that you'd like to share? 
No, I mean, I think if anybody's interested, um, and this I think is maybe zooming on to the next question. Uh, yeah, let's today. move on to resources. Uh, uh, resources. Uh, I, I wanted to just talk, so I can't see myself, so tell me if you can see this. We can see it, yes. And okay. Baby Makes Three is the book that she's holding up for anyone who's yeah. listening to so, the podcast. Um, this is a pretty good skim. Uh, it's really, it talks about a lot of the kind of communication concepts but that I touched on today. John and Julie Gottman are really amazing. They're... Um, their work is all research-based. Um, mm-hmm. They have videotaped hundreds of couples up in Seattle, Washington, and they they talk about in this and other books kind of a couple of really important styles of communication that can be detrimental and to do with families, but also just couple or partner communication or family, any communication really. Mm-hmm. So there's criticism, defensiveness, contempt, yes. and stonewalling. And I think learning to recognize when either you're doing any of these or your partner or anybody else who you're parenting or co-parenting with Mm -hmm. and finding a way to work through that or to change that communication because everybody fights. Yeah. Right? So the goal is not to make fighting go away. It's about how to resolve conflict in a way that doesn't increase the hurt Mm -hmm. to any person involved. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those tips that you gave us are some of the some of the ways to do that. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> That's great. Excellent. Do you have any other resources that you'd like to share with us, Julia? I don't think so. <laughs> great. What, what, Easy. What, am I missing anything? I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's wonderful. I mean, I think a lot of people look to the Gottman, I guess you could say method or technique or or yeah. those the Gottmans. <laughs> As as sort of a very uh, a very strong influence in our. Yeah. So they not only have this book, they also do workshops. If anybody mm-hmm. has the time to spend a weekend, uh, I I looked into it. I never did. Um, but so uh, they have people teaching this in, in all sorts of formats. You mm-hmm. can probably download, or you can probably order a DVD if you don't want to read mm-hmm. it. That's great. Thank you, Julia. And thanks so much to all of our Community Lab members who are here listening live. We are going to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session with you guys in just a minute. And for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye bigger kids. Goodbye all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye Ayalet. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. Do you like the hello song and goodbye songs we feature on each episode? You can find those and a whole host of other songs on our Strength in Words Music for Families album, available for purchase straight from our website at strengthinwords.com backslash music for families or on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Digital Music. If you would like to hear more about what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by heading to strengthinwords.com and joining our free e-course, Strength in Words Weekly. There, you can receive simple activity ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler's age to maximize the connection between you and your baby and to bring you peace of mind you have the resources you need right at your fingertips. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. 
Don't forget to check out community.strengthandwords.com, your content and community hub that supports and nurtures you so you can nurture your tiny humans. Come take a trial on me. See you next time.